Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. On a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees, and the people there were observing him carefully. He told a parable to those who had been invited, noticing how they were choosing the places of honor at the table. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not recline at table in the place of honor. A more distinguished guest than you may have been invited by him. And the host who invited both of you may approach you and say, give your place to this man. And then you would proceed with embarrassment to take the lowest place. Rather, when you are invited, go and take the lowest place so that when the host comes to you, he may say, my friend, move up to a higher position. Then you will enjoy the esteem of your companions at the table. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Then he said to the host who invited him, when you hold a lunch or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your wealthy neighbors, in case they may invite you back and you have repayment. Rather, when you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of the Lord. From the first sentence of the first reading, it's pretty evident what the theme is. My child, conduct your affairs with humility, said Sirach to all of us gathered in the church. And later in his reading, he says, humble yourselves more, the greater you are. And our Savior lived that out and set an example for us when he took on flesh and came to earth. He led by example. He led with humility. There's lots of examples in the New Testament of that. Just by the mere fact that he was baptized in the Jordan River showed that he set an example for us. He himself had no need of baptism, but he humbled himself and was leading by example. He was continually eating with tax collectors and sinners, much to the consternation of the authorities of the day. In all humility, he allowed some woman to come in and pour expensive perfume on his feet. And that foreshadowed when he himself would wash the feet of his disciples at the Last Supper. It was about humility. He humbled himself to become one of us, and then he continually humbled himself throughout his life on earth. And in the second reading, we hear just how humble and approachable our God is. In the first half of that second reading, it was reminiscent of some, anachronistically, some Mayan temple or some scene out of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And the author of Hebrews is saying, our God is not one who is unapproachable, one where there's a lot of smoke in front of him and he hurls down hailstones and he speaks and you can't understand him. Our God is not like that. Our God is one that welcomes you into the heavenly Jerusalem. Jesus is a mediator. 
He's talking to you and he's mediating between you and the Father. Our God is approachable. He's with his people. He's humbled himself. And even in the liturgy, the priest says it inaudibly, but sometimes you can hear it when the priest pours the water into the wine. The words, the inaudible words that are prayed are, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ who humbled himself to share in our humanity. In other words, our God became like us so that we could become like God. And in the gospel, we get a little bit of a how-to in terms of how to imitate God. Again, in the first reading, conduct your affairs with humility. But in the gospel, take the lowest place at the table. Who should be on your guest list? The poor, the crippled, the the lame, and the blind, so that they cannot repay you. And it speaks to spiritual practices. When you put this into action, that the spiritual practice is to perhaps do the opposite of what you are accustomed to doing. Because when you do the opposite, the opposite practice will lead to a change of heart and it will help to reshape or convert, if you will, who you are. We see that in our patron saint, St. Francis of Assisi. He went from wearing fine clothing on the one extreme to wearing a tattered and ragged habit on the other. As a young man, he was very social. He had lots of friends. But then after his conversion, it was about time of solitude so that he could listen to God. He got away from the noise of society to be in silence with God. Perhaps most poignantly, Francis of Assisi, who shunned anyone who was outcast, who shunned everyone who was different than him, after conversion, would go on to embrace the leper. There was the old St. Francis, but then on the extreme other end, post-conversion, he took it to the other end of the spectrum for that change of heart, for that conversion, and for his humility. Even where he lived, went from living inside the town to outside of it. But again, that humility is not one for show. And that was evident in the gospel as well. The humility part is not for show, but to bring about a change of heart, and even more so to imitate Jesus Christ. Our God became like us so that we could become like him. You know, sometimes we get humiliating scenarios inflicted upon us. At least one friar in this church has heard this, and maybe some of our congregants who are our friends and neighbors have heard this as well. I share it again when I was a newly inaugurated president, I had much darker hair than I did than I do now. Okay, 42 might sound old, but it was a young president, and so that would catch people off guard. I would hear things like, oh, you're too young to be president. It was very edifying. I don't hear that anymore, but it was, <laughs> but it was edifying at the time. So on my first alumni trip, myself and another friar, who was 10 years older than me, we were leading the alumni on the, uh, the, the trip in Ireland, we, have, we get to the hotel, we get off the bus, we're walking in, and this whole phalanx of hotel workers come running out to greet us, and their general manager is leading them, and they have a welcome drink in their hand, and they go running up to the other friar who they think is the president. And they give him the drink, and they take his luggage, and they take his coat, and they start the speech, and that poor friar is going like this. And finally, he had to say, he's the president. And they took the drink out of his hand. 
threw his luggage in the bushes and directed all attention to me. He and I can joke about that now. It was kind of humiliating and embarrassing at the time, but we can certainly joke about it. These things happen. Sometimes humility is inflicted upon us when we're not looking for it. But perhaps a more spiritual example of it is Dorothy Day, the one for whom the, name, the building is named on campus. A very not popular movie came out in 1994 called Entertaining Angels. It was not popular because it just didn't do well in the movie theater, but it's a great movie about Dorothy Day. And there's a great scene in there because Dorothy Day worked for the poor and she worked very hard to see Christ in everyone, especially the poor and the broken. And there is a great scene in that movie when Dorothy Day is speaking with a woman who is clearly mentally ill, she is broken down, she clearly has a lot of problems, and Dorothy Day is giving this woman her undivided attention. And then a person comes into the doorway clearly wanting to speak with Dorothy Day. And that person in the doorway has to wait, and at a certain point, Dorothy Day interrupts her conversation with the broken down woman, turns to the person in the doorway and asks, did you want to speak with one of us? Now think about that. How would you have phrased the question? How would I have phrased the question? Dorothy Day said, did you want to speak with one of us? Not, hey, hold on, someone wants to talk to me. Or, did, or what do you need? Did you want to speak with one of us? And I think that epitomizes the interiority, the change of heart, when humility becomes a part of who you are, and you can see Christ in other people, and you can live it out. It's a great example, and it's something worth striving for. And it's not easy to attain at times, but that's what the Lord is calling us to. And he knew it. He knew what it was like, because he's God. And he humbled himself and took on our humanity so that we could become like him. And now we have the Eucharist to nourish us and strengthen us as we strive every day in humility to imitate Jesus Christ.